Hello and welcome to another Guildhall podcast and today we're here talking about our second drama production of the autumn term which is The Last Days of Judas Iscariot by Stephen Adley Gerges. Uh, it's directed by Wynne Jones and designed by Libby Watson with lighting design from Lewis Hannaby and sound design from Ben Hagel who are both on our BA Technical Theatre Arts programme and I'm very pleased to be joined by our cast members Jasmine Lee Jones who plays Satan if that's not a giveaway <laughs> and uh, Matthew Nicoto who plays the titular Judas Iscariot and our stage manager Juliet Haig so thanks very much for joining us guys thank you very thank much. you for having us uh, so for people who might not know the play can you give us a little bit of a, an introduction into like what's it all about and uh, how how do you all fit into it should i take the take yeah. the reins for this uh so the last days of judas iscariot long story short is a courtroom drama set in downtown purgatory um and we're basically trying to decide whether judas iscariot deserves to be in heaven or hell um, so through this whole rigmarole of characters from, you know, people you might know, people from the Bible, different kinds of saints, Sigmund Freud makes an appearance, uh, Mother Teresa, and, and several others. We've got Satan in there. Um, and we basically just try to decide the kind of man that Judas, Judas Iscariot was. Um, but it's just not in the same kind of sense of religious mumbo jumbo, you would think, with a name like that. Mm. Uh, Stephen Alley Gerges is obviously, he's from New York, so like it's written in a very urban kind of vernacular with lots of different curse words and, and pretty much is bringing those saints and people that we look at as such huge figures, mm. bring them down to earth a bit and make mm. them a bit more human. Yeah. Mm. And uh, what was your first experience of the play, all of you? Was it knowing you were going to do it here at Guildhall and when casting was announced and you kind of went away and read it or had you had you read it or experienced it before? Yeah, I'd never read it. I'd heard of it and I knew Stephen Adley Gurgis as a playwright. I knew that play has a swear word in it, in the title. <laughs> I was just going to say it. But, um, <laughs> but I, so I knew some of his other plays, but I didn't know... I hadn't read this play, so it was when I got cast, I read it. I don't know about... I, well, I'd heard of it, uh, but I hadn't read it and mm. I knew the playwright, similarly to Jasmine. But when I got... It was simply when I got my allocation for third year mm. and I saw that was what was listed and then I went away and read it that I got an understanding of the actual play. Um, I never heard of it. I knew Stephen Ali Gerges and uh, was familiar with some of his writings mm. but I was actually brought this play in one of our text classes with uh, actually our director Wynne and our voice teacher Enameta and one of my classmates Dan brought it to me. He's like, do you want to read the scene with me? And I saw Judas Iscariot and I was like, oh, it's just going to be like some holy piece of like yes my lord this that and I had not read the scene and we performed in front of the class and the opening line was him and Satan drunk in a bar talking about like who knows what and I was like I love it <laughs> the writing was just so bright and new so I that was the first the first time I came across it yeah and uh, as we mentioned in the intro Jasmine you're playing Satan mm -hmm. and Matt you're playing Judas Iscariot we know of your characters through culture and religion and everything like that but how how do your characters fit into the the play itself so like matt said it's it's the characters kind of as you thought you knew them and then with a new spin on them mm. through the through Stephen adi gerges's lens and through his experiences and through like this new york lens so like some thing some sort of things that we assume like biblical assumptions mm. are turned on their head mm. But then some of them are kept the same. And I think the play is really about that, the battle between those assumptions, what's what's factually true and what's kind of been been invented over centuries by by humans mm. um, and hasn't been included in the Bible. 
so in terms of like Judas Iscariot's mention in the Bible, a lot of in in I can't even remember the book in the Bible, but um, in wow, <laughs> one of but, them, one of one, them, in one of them, um, it says that Satan entered Judas Iscariot, and there's this huge biblical debate mm. on if it was his, which is in the play as well, if it was Judas Iscariot's sin or who who's culpability is mm. it satan's or Judas Iscariot so satan's in the play to defend himself and also just to hear his viewpoint and because the play is about and having an understanding of heaven and earth and their distinctions and whether there is a hell and stuff like that he's there to sort of illuminate that that part of analysis in the mm. play mm. whether he does or not is up for discussion you have to watch the play but like yeah I guess that's his presence in the play and also mm. he's literally humanised because he's seen the human form all mm. of and everyone is being played by a human character as far as we know <laughs> um, and, and so <laughs> so, like so it immediately <laughs> <laughs> controversy <laughs> why are you looking at me now? but like I think having a hu- like having an actor actually play roles that heretofore haven't really been seen on stage and just mm. characterised maybe in the Bible really just sheds a new light on it and also in a dialect that we mm. might not associate them with mm. I think that because the play mix is modern and classical um, it just sheds a new light on it so a new light is shed on Satan and yeah and so, and you mentioned there that you're playing these characters that obviously people know just intuitively, mm. and there's so much that's been added to the mm. almost the mythology of of these characters over you know yeah. hundreds of years. Like how how did you approach playing those people on stage? Did you just go from what's in the text, or did you were you bringing in other influences as well? Like, what was your process? Um, I think. I think at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing, you have to come back to the text you're working on. Mm. So you can do your own backstory and, and kind of pick and choose certain things that work well with you, but also they have to come back to the script that you're working on. So for me, I there's really like two facts, quote unquote facts, about Judas. Um, and it's that he was an apostle with Jesus and he turned him in. And that's it. And... In every book, like, there's really nothing about who he was, the kind of guy he was. Mm. And there's all this debate about that as well, like Jazz said, in terms of, you know, just, like, through Christianity and the times of the Catholic Church, like, making stories sound a certain way to the audience. And that's up for debate and all this stuff. Um, so for me, I really, I was lucky enough to have some freedom and especially the way he's written, kind of the language he uses and the fact that he like drinks alcohol and he's drunk with Satan in the scene. Mm. Like it gave me a bit more freedom to be a lot more human as, as it were. Luckily, like all the other characters actually, but mm. with Judas specifically, yeah, I felt like I had quite a bit of stuff. Um, I, I was lucky enough to find and read a book called A Jesuit Off-Broadway. And that was by Father James Martin, who was kind of like the theological advisor for the original production with Mm. Philip Seymour Hoffman and Sam Rockwell, who played Judas. And he just wrote this book about like his account of everything. And he was with them so much that he eventually just like brought, he got brought on as like a cast member almost. And he just wrote about like the basic questions of like, why would Judas betray Jesus? Mm. And stupid things that we would think are just very, you know, arbitrary, but come back to the fact that like at the end of the day we're all just human beings mm. mm-hmm. so I think that was really the the goal for me was just to make it as human as possible 
And uh, Julia, over over to you as stage manager for the production. This is pretty big cast in this production. I think it's the biggest of any of the productions we've got this term. Is it bigger than Saturday, Sunday? Monday? Yes, it is oh, bigger wow. than Saturday, okay. Sunday, yeah. Uh, so what's that like for you as stage manager? Is it just I mean, very organised chaos <laughs> as much as possible? Because it's very organised. Um, <laughs> a lot of it is with a large cast. So going back to the beginning... With a smaller cast, you've got all the problems that come up. So making sure you're scheduled for fittings, making Mm. sure they're called for rehearsals, making sure everything lines up and fits and everyone's happy and everyone's aware. It's just on this show, Mm. it's times by three kind of thing. There's three times as many people to keep an eye on, Mm. to uh, to make sure they're happy. Um, I generally like to talk to all of you and check they're okay and it's just a larger group to deal with. Mm. Uh, Fittings were a bit of a challenge because... We had two, a day and a half to fit 19 people and it's something like 30 costumes and all that. Not everyone just has one costume. um, It's a big scheduling thing. Um, But then also uh, processing information like, are they willing to smoke? Um, Have they got any allergies or health problems? Now, I've got like a sheet and a piece of paperwork um, that explains all that kind of thing. But you have to have a level of it in your head Mm. uh, and keeping track of 19 people's preferences on smoking. (laughs) Sometimes you're like, um, can I get back to you on that? <laughs> Whereas really, I want to be like, yes, I know they're okay to do that. No, they're not fine. You want to be quicker, mm. but it's just a little bit trickier. But course, also saying yeah. that, for a drama, it's a big show. But if you look at like the opera yeah. that's on at the moment, it's like 48 people. Um, and then I've just done a show with 200 people. So it's <laughs> it's different. But each thing, this is different because it was 200 people and a lot of them were like company members. They weren't characters whereas this is 19 people mm. who are individual parts mm. and also I'm, it's the first time stage managing a show this big so it's a whole learning curve yeah. really and what's the process been like working with with win it's it's good it, a really important relationship to have on a show is the stage manager and the director i want him to trust me and i mm. need to trust him um and we have to work together because i'm the one who sends out the rehearsal calls that <laughs> tell him like tell you guys what who needs to be in the next day for what rehearsal and then he needs to trust that I'll do that for him mm. but it's it's an intre- like the stage manager and the director relationship is quite a close one it's quite an interesting one it's one you really have to work on and build and have a positive proactive attitude towards to sort of develop it but I think I think it's going well <laughs> I hope <laughs> but yeah and uh, what's it like for you guys in the cast having so many of your final year group in the in the room with you as well I think it's really good I like I haven't whilst being here I haven't really worked in a small cast this is our first Mm. third year show but Mm. everything even when we're doing a scene with one person we've been in the room with like with some of our projects we've been in the room with a whole group and I really like it because you can kind of feed off of other people's energy um, and you can get second opinions which can often be really useful uh, to hear something in a new mouth or just get someone to watch something and it's really useful to work in a rehearsal room where there's usually someone watching who's not in the scene because mm. then it's not so much of a giant step to the audience up to the audience when you eventually have an audience and it's good because you you're not sending your energy out to a blank wall mm. or it's more receptive and it's good because we've been training with each other for two years so we have a mutual understanding and and mutual energy of how 
a rehearsal room should work and how um, it's best to move forward with a project and also an understanding of wins techniques, um, which is really useful. I really like working in a big cast. It can be a lot. Like, I'm sure it's a lot for you, Juliet. (laughs) Yeah, it's really, really useful, I think. No, but I really like working with big casts as well because it's it's just so much more energetic and so much more vibrant and not everyone's wearied from being in the rehearsal room with each other every single day for hours and hours. You've got new people coming in and out, so everyone's really excited, so it just keeps you going kind Mm. of thing, you know? Yeah. Sorry. No, especially when you have calls. Like, when when we first got together, we were together for most of the first and second week, but Mm. then... As we started to kind of dive into different scenes and specifically for those, the call system would have like little groups within the big group. So then when we came back together as a whole, it was so much more alive um, to be on stage with everyone or to do an exercise with someone. And then we would kind of go away for a little bit and then come back. And I think it's good to have that thing of sort of the temptation that you fall into with just a small cast is where you're like constantly with them and it's almost like this little family that you just can't get rid of but then when you have a bigger cast you're able to take a breather and mm. come back to earth a bit and uh, for, for you guys as you mentioned it's your first mm. uh, Guildhall production and for you Julia it's the first one that you're stage managing and you've worked on plenty of others yes. in your couple of years <laughs> here how's it feel as you go into like tech next week and approaching mm. opening night is it just like <laughs> the nerves are jangling or are you quite I looking forward to it? I have no nerves whatsoever <laughs> and I'm cool yeah. as anything. <laughs> cool as a cucumber. It's nice that I've worked on shows here before as an assist, like in an assistant role mm-hmm. throughout last year and sometimes in my first year as well. But I've never worked on a drama before mm. and it's been really uh, nice to learn the process. But being the stage manager or going into those managerial positions like Chloe is with the deputy stage manager, it's a lot more responsibility and there's a lot more elements to take into account mm. so it's it's just making sure you stay on top of all of them and not let anything drop mm. which is sometimes a bit nervous like mm. nerve-wracking especially since we've got like a week left where we can keep looking for stuff and you know I can be out d- talk, taking meetings and all that kind of thing and talking to people but then when we hit tech that's it. Once, if we're in a technical rehearsal, I can't be like, I'm just going to pop out and have a meeting yeah. with someone mm. because I have to be there. Similarly for Chloe, she can't like pop out of rehearsals whenever she wants. Mm. It's managing time, but but it'll be fine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is my first quote-unquote professional show. I've never been on stage before, so this is my first play play. Um, I did like TV and film back in Los Angeles, so this is like the big introduction to it mm-hmm. all. But I feel good. I feel great. It's, it's interesting, though, not being like seeing the stuff you're going to be working with and having all of that just crunched into one week called tech week like mm. it feels a bit nerve-wracking to now we have to work on like on a rake stage and you know be you know, we have an incline now so now it's just kind of game time decisions left and right but i'm, I'm ready for the challenge yes yeah, it's, it's an interesting balance balancing like all of the technical mm. stuff and like i suppose practical um, and then also leaving room for just like instinct to kick in and yeah. to be creative and find mm. new things. Um, I think that'll be an interesting challenge going mm. into tech and and into performance. So I'm excited about that, but also like nervous and like. But it's a it's a process. Yeah. So we'll see. And uh, and the the play itself is quite. It's an interesting play because it asks a lot of questions about spirituality and morality mm. and 
has going in and, and doing this production and deep diving into this text? Has it made you think about that kind of thing in, in a slightly different way? Has it made you question anything that you might have thought previously? Or you... For me, it's, it's been really interesting. Um, it's made me question my faith, but also like find my faith and not just in spirituality or anything, but just like faith in general and mm-hmm. the world and myself and family, all this stuff. And I think Stephen Adley Gerges was like going back to the whole thing of just making these characters so human it made me kind of read the bible differently and in, in researching things and, not, and just going oh yeah this guy would like yeah he followed him around for three years followed, judas followed jesus around for three years like surely he didn't just betray him his best friend like the per- closest person to him just for some silver like there's more to it than hmm. what meets the eye and i think a lot of these books um you know some of the, these things have to be taken with a grain of salt and brought back to like what are we as people um but yeah it just it made me think of that and yeah just take it easy with the whole like pressure of religion and all this Mm. stuff because i went to a catholic high school and everything was just like drilled down my neck so i was just like oh yeah actually it's not all that bad Mm. yeah so i had fun reading it personally no hasn't i haven't had any sort of revelations of that thing but part of my job is to be very sensitive to that kind of Mm. work a lot part of my job is to sort of protect the rehearsal room from people, sometimes other technical departments. And because we're in a learning institute, they're mm. still learning about them. But um, don't quite understand the sensitivity of the rehearsal room. So mm. a part of my job is to translate that for people in a similar mm. way that is to translate technical stuff to you guys. But um, it's, it's certainly a very interesting play to research and to discuss. But um, I think it's just being sensitive to actors in the situations that they are mm. and with the characters that they're dealing with of their process and what they might be discovering in those sessions and being really just careful and considerate mm. in that kind of way. It's been really interesting. I think it's just opened my eyes to how many different ways there are to think about mm. spirituality and also perceive the Bible and yeah. and how and like what logic really is in terms of just not even just biblical events but in terms of historical events the question of how possible is it to apply your logic because it's definitely your logic and how you order things yeah and how you analyze things to something that's happened in the past that you weren't there for Mm. and and has been interpreted by loads of different people and just adding that to the mix and also we just how loaded the words heaven and hell are and and how much invention is around those words in terms of mm-hmm. you know like i remember doing research for satan and realizing so much of how we picture satan is comes from pan and like where the red the horns come from and red and and all of that stuff and just realizing how much is packed into our understanding of certain things. Mm. And that's been really interesting. And it, and that's what the play is about as well. Mm. But it's been interesting to sort of like begin unpacking that and just think different and just open up sort of the branches on the tree with my thinking about that. Mm. Mm. There's this great line in the play that always rings in my head. And it's, I can't remember who says it, but it's uh, history is just a lie that we've agreed to mm. or something like Cunningham. that. Mm. Cunningham. Yeah, Cunningham says that. And it's always like, yeah, that's actually so true because who is like, uh, you know, when no one was there when any of these things were written, blah, 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 blah. Like, what can we really know as fact? Like, what is a fact mm-hmm. when we are all just living in the present right now? So, 
Yeah. Yeah. As you guys are like about to go into tech and approach opening night, what are you what are you most looking forward to about the rest of the process and, and the run itself? I'm just really looking forward to it all coming together and working <laughs> and seeing all this work. Because lots of things are like meetings about these angel wings and the revolve and how everything's going to work. And I made, there's a markup <laughs> of the set. So we put tape on the floor mm. uh, of the rehearsal room to signify different areas of the set so they can practice in like to scale yeah. what they'll get on when they go to tech week yeah. but um to actually see it in the space mm. with the i always get really excited when the lights go off for the first time and the like the stage lighting comes up yeah it, it just seeing it all come together when you put so much like hypothetical work into it see it physically there mm. is like the, my favorite thing in the world yeah yeah I'm ready for the for the stage lights to come on and see everything like in its proper place, to have the props because we've just been like mining mi- mining mi- <laughs> miming lighters and and little things here and there. So to have like everything in its proper place and to really like use it for the story is gonna be cool. Mm. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I think like I said before, I'm excited to find freedom in the structure mm. of what we've created and like to have that structure really tightly in place. That's what the next week is about, I think, and just to make everything come together as our world that that Libby's created and that Juliet's been a part of and Wynne's been a part of and the cast have been a part of, even down to, like, text analysis, just making it mm. all one thing mm. and living in it as one thing I'm really excited about. Oh, and also bringing all the other technical members in. Yes. Because oh, yeah. you've only really met the stage managers. Yeah, there's exactly. like, like, well, But there's, the like, swap. another 30 people. <laughs> nice. Wow. Yeah. that you're all going to meet in a week and that's always really fun yeah well a uh, massive thank you to Jasmine, Matthew and to Juliet for joining us for this podcast the last days of Judas Iscariot runs from the 22nd to the 27th of October in the Milton Court Theatre and you can get your tickets at the Barbican box office or at gsmd.ac.uk slash events and follow us at Guildhall School on Facebook, Instagram Twitter wherever you like to follow things uh, <laughs> thanks very much for joining us guys thank you thank very you. much